0: Hello and welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr and we have another episode here for you. Today we are going to be talking with Rachel. Rachel has now become one of my coaches that I am using and we're talking about relationships with friendships, but she's also a body image health coach. And I have talked about this multiple times on the podcast of like where I am with my body, how I'm going on with my body. So we do talk about that because I felt like it is a disservice to not highlight that in the beginning but she's talking about how she was as a young girl and all the moves that she had to make to bring her into this beautiful confident woman that she is now and I am so grateful to call her a friend and after this conversation I actually signed up for coaching with her. And I am seeing great results, um, not only physically, but mentally. And I am so grateful that she has agreed to come on and then agreed to work with me. Because, you know, sometimes people meet me and they're like, yeah, that was enough for me. I, I'm good on Christine. But I can't wait for you to hear her story and her background and how she is doing all the great things that she's doing. All right. Let's meet Rachel. Rachel. All right, today we're talking with Rachel. Rachel, tell us a little bit about you.
1: Well, hi everybody. I am Rachel Hepner. I am a holistic nutritionist, women's hormone specialist, recipe developer, podcast host, all things health and wellness. I run at Real Health with Rach on Instagram, which is a healthy lifestyle brand and holistic health coaching practice. So I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so first let's get some house cleaning out the way. These are questions I ask everyone when they come in. What is your race and ethnic background?
1: Um, so my family's Jewish. So uh, if you were to look at my family tree, my mom's family actually left Austria. After uh, during World War II, uh, to avoid persecution and live in the United Kingdom before moving to New York. So, my mom's family is from Long Island. um, So, I come from a big Jewish family. Um, And my dad's family is Swedish. So, I have the very fair Swedish skin. Uh, I burn very easily in the sun. Um, And my dad grew up in Colorado. So, my family's been here for three generations now, um, and before that from Europe.
0: Okay, so this season, like, I, I I know that you haven't been able to listen to like every single episode, but I am like, super big on diversity. And I had Christine on season, uh, this season, episode two, she was my first Italian. Now I have you here, you're my first Jewish person that I've had on Judas, I like to call it, um, I'm a big fan of um, Broad City. <laughs> I love it. I love those girls. So I I'm just like, thank you so much for helping me like just take off all my diversity, girl. I'm loving it. So growing up, was the Jewish culture in your home? Like being that you're, you know, there. you're still in the United States, they've moved around, but did you still have that culture at home?
1: Yeah. So if, if you are Jewish and you're in an uh, inter-religious family. So my dad's family is actually Catholic. Um, the I guess the, the term we're allowed to call ourselves if you don't want to be very PC is like a cashew. So my dad's Catholic, my mom's Jewish. Um, my dad didn't convert to marry my mom Made a non-denominational wedding, but I grew up celebrating all holidays, wow. which is a lot of fun as a kid. Think about like being a young kid growing up and getting presents for Hanukkah and getting presents for Christmas, like yeah. 10 out of 10 would recommend to anyone <laughs> because you just get the best of both worlds Um and I grew up like going to um, like a Jewish deli every Sunday for dinner with my grandpa and having lots of like delicious food around the holidays so a lot of my memories center around food which is why I decided to pursue food and health and wellness yeah. for my career because it's something that is so strongly rooted in my upbringing.
0: Oh my goodness, I love that. And um, what I, I think what touches my heart the most about that is how open they were with you. You know, there's there's sometimes we wash out one side or we you have to choose one. Which one are you going to be? So the fact that you were able to have both growing up, like that's great. I I love it. So where are you now? Or located.
1: I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. So I was born and raised here. My parents met here, lived here for 25 years while they were raising me and my siblings. And now my parents actually live in Florida. That's where they have chosen to retire, which if you're from the Northeast or Long Island is like the very New York thing to do is to retire to <laughs> Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel um, I'm in the Dallas area, right? So like, that's what, how I feel about for Californians and Chicagoans. Is that, how, yeah. is that what they're called? Chicagoans? Chicagoans? yeah okay people from Chicago yep Chicagoans is that how you call
1: that- <laughs> or Chicagoans I don't know I'm sure somebody's <laughs> gonna give us feedback that we're totally butchering it
0: <laughs> yes yes but they like in the Dallas area especially because we're in the same time zone as Chicago mm-hmm. so like kind of like the east coast they come to Florida um so we get a lot of people for you to go to Dallas and be like oh I'm actually from Dallas is kind of unheard of now because everybody is from freaking Chicago. And it's like, oh, wow. So to hear that they did that, and then you were born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. How did they get to Phoenix?
1: Um, My mom moved here in the seventies with her parents and her brother. Um, And if you grew up in a Jewish family or in New York, like it's rare that people leave. Most of my family is still on Long Island, but they moved here for my grandfather's job. And so my mom went to high school here, went to college here. My dad grew up in Colorado, lived in Minnesota for a little while. And then he ended up here um, with my older half-brother. And so my parents met when they were both here. So I, I love that I was born and raised here. I love Arizona. I'm like very acclimated to the heat. I think a lot of people would come here and it's like 120 in June and they would just like burst into flames. But <laughs> I love it, and uh, yeah. there's there's not a lot of locals here anymore. A lot of people have come from other places as well.
0: Yeah, um, uh, so I was there. when When was the event? In September, the second week of September, and. Um, I'm from Texas. So we're always like, oh, Texas is so hot. It's so hot. But the humidity is what we don't we might be in the triple digits, but not 120. Mm -hmm. But our humidity is what will kill you. I went there. Oh, my goodness. I think I saw my sweat evaporate on my body because it was so hot. And it's just a different type of heat and mentality for y'all to only be two states away, like the different mentality. Um, The person that came and picked me up, she was a good friend of mine. And she was like, I was like, wow, you guys have a lot of cacti here. Like in Texas, we <laughs> we pay people to kill them like you get grants from the government and she's like oh no like if it falls on your car or on your house the city has to come and remove it you can get fined and I'm like what is just the cultural difference so like those little shocks of things like that that I think is so cool um switching gears just a little bit um I know that you're in the health and wellness Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that just for a moment here. Weight and body type. We are seeing so many shifts through uh, I, I mean just even since I was a teenager, right? I'm in my 30s now, but like all the different shifts. Can you speak on that and what really like what is reality? T- t- tell me real talk, girl. Yeah, so part of my practice as a holistic
1: nutritionist and a health coach is to help women think about their relationship with their body and their body image. And unfortunately, most of the women that I work with, when they come to me, have a very negative self body image. Low body confidence, not feeling loved or trusting in their body. Um, They might have struggled or are struggling with disordered eating and might be in treatment for that. And part of their treatment was recommending getting a nutritionist to build a healthy relationship with food. And I think, unfortunately for women, I mean, not even just this generation, but going back multiple generations, it's the way that women are portrayed in the media. Yeah. So like, let's go back to, you know, sixties, seventies, eighties, there really was, you know, magazines or movies and women were portrayed as quiet, thin, pride, predominantly white. They, you know, didn't talk about their bodies. There was a lot of modesty. You didn't talk about sex. And that shaped how women felt about themselves. So that if you didn't fit that normal standard of beauty, if you were a little heavier, a little curvier, if you were loud or outspoken like I am, if you were a woman of color, you were basically, you weren't portrayed. You didn't get to see yourself in media, in film, on TV. And that makes you feel like, well, then I'm not beautiful or I'm not worthy. And I think we've started to see some evolutions in a positive way in the last 10 years. I I, I use ARI, the American Eagle subsidiary ARI is a good example that now all of their campaign photos are untouched. So showing real bodies, getting away from Photoshop, airbrush. I mean, I'm sure you've seen videos of like a Photoshop artist taking in a woman's waist and like smoothing all of her lines and like giving her a longer neck and, you know, getting rid of acne on her face, whatever it might be. But that's that's not a real person anymore. That's yeah. creating a Barbie doll. It's creating an unrealistic image of what a woman should look like, and it's a, it's a harsh and sad reality that most of the women in my practice struggle with, and they come to me with low self-esteem, low body image, and they've been made to feel really bad about themselves. And so I think like the positive thing coming out of it is we're starting to see more companies embrace this real beauty, starting to show more women, show more bodies, represent women of all nationalities, represent women of all ability levels, represent women of all sizes, so that you can look at an advertisement you could look on tv you could look on a magazine and you could see yourself and representation matters because if you don't see a woman that looks like you being revered as sexy beautiful strong healthy how are you supposed to know that you're allowed to have that as well and i think where we the if if we were to look at this as a continuum we're on hey one end we've got 70s 80s where women weighed 95 pounds and wore spandex and all of that stuff. And now we've got really strong representation. If we go even further is where I start to have a little bit of a problem with some of the messaging women are getting. And I talk with this, I talk about this with my clients that I have some struggles with the healthy at any size movement.
0: And here's what I mean by Same, same, same. Go ahead. You, you should love your body
1: at any size, whether you weigh 95 pounds or 295 pounds, you need to have a strong, healthy relationship with your body because you cannot heal a body that you hate.
0: Mm. Say that again. Say that again.
1: You cannot heal a body that you hate. Yes, ma'am. And this is where we see a lot of disordered eating is that it's the, I will be happy. When if I lose 50 pounds, I'll be happy. If I lose the last 10 pounds, I'll be happy, whatever it might be. We start telling ourselves these stories that I'll be happy when, or I'll be worthy when, or I'll be beautiful when. But then what happens is when we arrive at that destination, it doesn't feel the way we thought it was going to feel. If you thought like your life was magically going to come together and fireworks were going to go off when you, you know, hit 150 pounds, whatever it might be, I'm sorry to tell you that if you haven't done that internal work, you will arrive at the finish line and you will feel the exact same. And so I think you need to love your body at any size. You have to do the self-love and the body healing work first. But I don't want people to be mistaken that you can be healthy at any size. Because the reality is, if you are you know, over a certain weight, you have a higher chance of diabetes, a higher chance of heart disease, you are less mobile you're going to have pain. You're going to struggle to do daily things that might bring you joy and happiness. If you want to be a mom, you're going to struggle with fertility and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And ultimately it could shorten your lifespan. And so I think that's where I, I try to find that nice balance that I want to see all bodies in media. I want to see all women represented, but I also want women to know there is a weight that your body goes from healthy to unhealthy.
0: Mm. And
1: so knowing, hey, have I gotten my blood work done recently? Mm. How, does my, how does my blood sugar look? Am I at risk of diabetes? How does my cholesterol, what's my lipid panel and triglycerides look like? Am I at risk of heart disease? It's unfortunate that I, I, I know a man who just dropped dead of a heart attack earlier this year, 40 years old, undiagnosed heart disease. He was at work fell over and they couldn't revive him. Yeah. And he was a father. He was a husband mm-hmm. and he did not look very healthy, did not take very good care of himself, but didn't think about the potential consequence of that because he was just living his daily life. And sometimes we don't give a lot of thought to that harsh reality that what would it mean if it took 10 or 20 years off your life?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, okay. 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 So, like, I have so much I want to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about friendships, obviously, but I really, I really wanted to talk to you about this because you get to see the other side of what advertisement is doing. And you mentioned the 60s, 70s and 80s, but even in our lifetime, I mean, I'm a 90s kid. I mean, I was born in the 80s, but I'm a 90s kid where like the grunge thing was happening. So you wanted all your stuff oversized. And then you go into the early 2000s where now Victoria's Secret is coming out. And if you do not have all your ribs showing, your hips are showing, your clavicle, you can like you can see your heartbeat through your boob. Like, like you were fat, right? And then from there, we went into thigh gap. And then from there, which Lululemon made a big thing which it was like, oh, like these leggings are going to give me thigh gap. Right. And then from there we went into, oh, it's all about tits and ass, right? Like the bigger, the boobs, I want a smaller waist. I want a fat ass. And like now where you're saying the progression of it is of loving your body, no matter where you are. And I still have the same issues you do. It's not necessary. I feel like they're saying, love your body the way you are now is taken as you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that is, I feel like that's what you were speaking on is that's where it becomes unsafe.
1: I agree. And here's what I would want you guys to take away from it. Love your body enough to make sure that it's healthy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That that amount of radical self-love is what I want every woman to have is I love myself enough to make sure that my body is healthy and taken care of. It's the only place you have to live. It's mm-hmm. the only place. And you can't so get a new body. <laughs> you can't get a new body. That's the reality. Like I, I'm sorry if you are just hearing that for the first time on this podcast, right? But that's the reality. Is. Taking care of yourself and making sure that you're healthy is the greatest form of self love that you can do.
0: Right, right. Um, I I'm on this. I wouldn't even call it a weight loss journey. I would say a health journey. And I'm five foot. Right. So like my BMI, I'm supposed to be like 105, 100 and something. I don't like that number. Oh. I don't feel like it's healthy. I don't look healthy. I don't feel healthy. And let's be honest, I haven't seen it since middle school, but (laughs) (laughs) like homegirl ain't been that small in a while, but I, I feel the strongest now. Mm -hmm. But if you were to look at that number, it would say I'm obese. Right. And I think those real numbers, those things that we have been told, Oh, wait, uh, what is it? Um, Fat and muscle, like the difference on your muscle is going to weigh the same as your fat. We know these things. We've been told Mm -hmm. these things. We know about calories. We know about sugar. Like we know, right? I lived through the zero fat trans fat series, you know, Mm though I lived through those chips that was literally making people leak out of their butthole. Like I, we lived through that, right? But what about the time when you say, I love myself? and I feel strong. I feel healthy. Like, what does that look like? And I feel like that's something that we're not being asked.
1: Yep. I agree. And I think I'm only five, two. Oh,
0: okay. You see short girl, short girl, club. short <laughs> girls
1: around the world unite. Yeah. And that means, like you said, I, I struggled with my weight growing up as well. So from the time that I started high school to the time that I ended college, I gained 50 pounds Yeah. and at five, two, 50 pounds is a lot and the more weight i gained the worse i felt about myself
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that led me to develop binge eating because then i would say okay well i'm 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 going to eat so quote unquote good this week and i was starving myself i was doing calorie counting which i am now vehemently against and i do See? not allow women in my practice to do So I was like, okay, I'm going to have this hundred calorie snack pack and I'm going to have these like cucumber slices and I'm going to have like a salad for every meal. And then what would happen is the weekend would come and I was so undernourished. I was so underfed that then I was ravenous and then I would binge on the weekends Mm -hmm. and I would eat everything inside. I'd go crazy. I guess what? I wasn't eating salads. I was eating (laughs) McDonald's and pizza and like Oreos, like then all of a sudden I was ravenous for foods that were really unhealthy for my body. Mm -hmm. And then I would punish myself by repeating the cycle the next week. Okay, I'm going to eat super clean, you know, Monday through Friday, whatever it was. But it it took me to a place that was worse. Like I gained more weight. Yeah. Because I was counting calories. I was super restricted. I was underfeeding myself. And I think women get caught up in this diet culture and diet mentality because you are being marketed to 24 hours a day. And I fell prey to it. I fell prey to diet pills. I felt prey to detox teas. I felt prey to like Atkins diet. I felt prey to like everything out there. I promise you, I have tried it because I was coming from a place of desperation. Mm-hmm. I was like, the scale's going in the wrong direction. I yeah. feel like garbage. Like I don't want to go out with my friends. Like I don't want my boyfriend who's now my husband to see me naked, whatever it was, you start to get really desperate for a quick fix. And I think that's an issue that especially millennials and Gen Z have is we want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. We don't want to wait for anything, but your body has not evolved quickly enough for you to flip a light switch and wait to fall off flip the light switch and get strong Flip the light switch and resolve the internal issues happening in your body but we don't want to do the work right and so women come to me in my practice when they've gotten fed up they were just like i was years ago they get to a point where they're like they're finally fed up of being on the hamster wheel of diet culture that doesn't work and they say okay i am finally ready to adopt a sustainable holistic approach to my health, to your exact point, it's finding the weight that your body is happy at. And that's different for everybody. I have a client that is five, five and weighs 110 pounds and her body's happy there. Yeah. She doesn't have to do anything to maintain that. Guess what? I weigh 130 pounds. Do you know how little I would have to eat to get down (laughs) to 110 pounds. And I'm three inches shorter than her. Right. Right. Because our bodies are different. And that doesn't mean that she's more beautiful or sexier than I am. It just means that we have different bodies. And I like my curves. My husband tells me he likes my curves. Like, like you said, like big butts look good in jeans. Like you got it like flaunted. But if you don't have it, don't make it mean something about your self-worth. Because what I see 10 times out of 10 times is that the body that a woman has is someone else's dream. Oh my God. You're making me cry. That if you don't have a big butt, that's what you want. And then you're jealous of a woman that has it. Mm-hmm. If you've got natural hair, you're jealous of a woman who's got easy to manage hair, mm-hmm. but she might be saying my hair's falling out. My hair is super thin. I wish I had your thick, beautiful, curly hair.
0: hmm
1: if you're, you know, self-conscious of your stretch marks and cellulite because you had a baby, there's a woman struggling with infertility that would give anything to be in your body and have that baby. And so it's giving gratitude for what you do have, not being resentful or angry or envious of something that
0: you don't. Yeah. Oh my rage, girl. Like <laughs> like okay so I'm moving to Phoenix and I just want you to like come on follow, down. <laughs> follow me around and be like Christine, those jeans and I'm like yeah girl like I want you to tell me you know I I love it I love it and I thank you for speaking on that because there's very few people that are open enough to talk about those problems and then you get to see the ins and the outs, and what people are really, really going through. Let's talk about friendships. So, how do you make friends?
1: Yeah. So my relationship with friends—it's been a tumultuous one. Ooh, um, man! Yeah. I cannot speak to a tumultuous one throughout my life. So you know, I'm, I'm short. I was really short growing up. Um, I was always like the tiniest kid in class. Like I was very small. I had like huge, like my teeth were enormous for the size of my <laughs> mouth when I was little. I was born blonde. You can see my hair is really dark now, but as I got older, I got this like really uncute ombre <laughs> gradient going on with my hair. My parents wouldn't nice. let me do anything about it. Um, so I grew up being bullied
0: mm. mostly
1: by girls. Really? My parents worked really hard to send me to private school because they felt like, hey, we wanna give our kids the best chance we want to give them the best education. Mm -hmm. They both went to public schools. And so I grew up going to private school, but I wasn't like the rich kid at the private school. Like my parents supported four kids. They weren't letting me shop at like juicy couture every day. Right. So in comparison to these other kids that were being dropped off at school in a Maserati, I was being dropped off in a minivan and my Mm -hmm. parents were working really, really hard to send me to that school. But what it meant, and I think this goes to show a lot about the way kids are raised was even in that setting, even in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, there were, there was a a class system. There were the have Mm. and have nots at a private school. And I always wanted so desperately to be friends with these people, to feel accepted. I am a wooer if you've ever done strength finders. Mm -hmm. One of my top strengths is winning over others. Mm. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a type A perfectionist. And so when I was growing up, I wanted so desperately to be friends with these people, to fit in with them, to say the right things, wear the right things, talk to the right people. And it never worked. Mm. No matter what I did, it didn't change who I was. Like I'm a very loud, outspoken, quirky person. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and that's not who they want. Like, that just wasn't who I am. Yeah. So, after being bullied very severely at private school, I asked to transfer to public school. So, in eighth grade, I transferred to a public middle school and I got some friends that were regular people that yeah. I could just feel like I could be myself around and feel like they accepted me. And eighth grade was great. And I, finally felt like I had a group of friends I could rely on then I got to high school I met my husband my freshman year of high school so we've been together for 14 years
0: yeah what
1: and that meant I was like the first one out of my friend group to get a boyfriend oh yeah and that created a rift with my friends mm-hmm. and a lot of them immediately turned into bullies
0: really so because people you had I... a boyfriend first yeah Oh, wow. Okay. So keep on going. I love that. Yeah.
1: So I, I had these friends in eighth grade that we were all friends. We were friends when, you know, high school started, I get a boyfriend and all of a sudden, like, it's a problem for people. And I lost a lot of those friends. And so my, my friend group in high school was a pretty small group, like maybe five people. Um, one of which was my gay best friend that I'm still friends with to this day. And it unfortunately taught me not to be trusting of women Mm. because these were the people that were hurting me. Yeah. These are the people that were making me feel bad about myself or giving me the cold shoulder or talking about me behind my back was other women. Like, Ladies, we get enough shit from the patriarchy. Can we stick together, (laughs) please?
0: Right, right. And you're a young girl at the same time. It's it's not like you even... I mean, let's be honest. Like, puberty, you're still going through it.
1: You're all going through a lot of shit. Like, that's the reality. Like, nobody knows which way was up. I had a friend that had one boob that came in. Like, we were all (laughs) awkward, okay?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, like. At this point, like, when do we start teaching our daughters this, that, that, um, that mentality of like, yo, like I get that you're going through something, but they're all going through something and this isn't going to matter, but at the same time, validate how they're feeling in that moment, because it is real feelings, Mm -hmm. right? You not being able to trust women. That was a real feeling, even though we know that it wasn't real, right? Exactly.
1: And I know now all those girls were going through something of their own, mm-hmm. but none of us had the maturity to like understand that yet or sit down and have a conversation about it. So you're, it's very reactive. It's very emotional. So when I got to college, my, my thought process was like, oh, there's no chance in hell I'm going to join a sorority because girls are the ones that have Done me wrong and bullied me and made me feel bad about myself. Like I don't need them, was right. the mentality that I took up. And guess what? Like that doesn't feel great either. Yeah. To see women in community and feel like you're on the outside of it. So my junior year of college, I rushed for a service sorority. So I did not rush for a social sorority. I don't drink, I don't party. That doesn't serve you well on a social sorority. So I joined a service sorority that was community service-based, welcome to men and women. And I met some of my best friends in college in that group. And we were all like the outcasts. We were all like the rejects from the social sororities or people that had no interest in social sororities that like were looking for a home. Yeah. And like that's how you you need to find your people. Because mm. I think what I've come to realize and now I'm very un- unapologetically myself, yes, is you just need to find your people. And it's not going to look like everybody else's people. I have friends that joined social sororities that love them and totally thrived. I wouldn't have been accepted and I wouldn't have fit in because I wasn't going to compromise who I was. Yeah. So I found my people in another group and made some of my best friends in college. One of my bridesmaids at my wedding, people that I'm still friends with to this day, long after graduation. And I just came to the realization that if people aren't going to like me, I want them to not like me because of who I actually am, not because of someone I'm trying to be on their behalf. Right. Like, it's okay if you don't like me. I'm not for everybody. I am the loud, outspoken, very opinionated, very quirky person. Like, my top hobbies are bubble baths, cooking and baking, watching anime and playing video games. (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't like me, I at least want you to know who I am to say, oh yeah, I don't like Rachel because she's a nerd and she plays video games and watches and at least, you know what you're getting
0: Right. versus
1: for years, I tried to be somebody that I wasn't to make other people happy and it didn't work. So at least now, and I have a small group of friends now because I had the realization that I don't need a million friends.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need
1: a small group of people that I really know and I really trust who actually know and trust me. And I'm good with that. Yeah. And I stopped trying to be somebody else for other people and started being in community with women as my authentic self. Yeah. And people showed up. Yeah. People stayed. I have friends that stayed, even though they know how weird quirky, loud, (laughs)
0: outspoken I am. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to interrupt you because I want, I I also want to say this because I, I want to say this, Uh, you know what? Everybody that listens to me knows that I'm never trying to offend. So I'm just going to say it the way it is because we're talking about being our authentic self. I believe that a lot of people put on the stereotype that's already been put on them because they expect people to think that they're already like that. Mm -hmm. There probably were girls in that sorority that had no problem with you, that would have been your friend, but because they knew that they were in that type of sorority that they could not be friends with you because of the stereotype that they have put on themselves. Does that make sense? (laughs) hundred percent.
1: And I, I hate to think that when I was you know, trying to impress the cool kids Yeah, that I did that to other people. I hate to look back and think of that and be like, there were probably people that I passed over or I made fun of, or I put down because I was trying to fit in with somebody else. When it's like, now I'm like, Oh, I wonder what anime those kids in high school were watching that. Like, if you looked at them, people would think that you were friends with them and you'd immediately be like blacklisted. But now I'm like, Ooh, I wonder what they were watching. Like I could probably talk (laughs) to them now and like have something in common with them. But at the time it was social suicide.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so I was fitting into somebody else's box. And so now I'm like, who the hell cares? Like, I'm not even friends with 99% of these people anymore. Like it does not matter. At the end of the day, you should be friends with people who love you for who you are, no filter, no apologies. Mm-hmm. And if people don't like you for that, don't put energy into that friendship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm a very social person. Can you tell? Can mm-hmm. you tell? <laughs> and it's so funny because my husband calls me like the orphan adopt. Like like I attract the orphans. Like, oh, you don't have any friends? Come over here and sit with us. And they're like, well, you know, I'm this, this, and this. Okay, cool. So do you like margaritas or no? Like that's my, that's what I care about. I don't care um where you're coming from, who you are, what your sexual orientation is, what you're about. But So like you want chips and salsa, like, (laughs) you know, like, like let's be accepting about other things because I know there's things that I'm into that people are like, okay, Christine, like this is, this is a lot. Um, I do have to ask you this though. When someone meets you for the first time, do you show up as a hundred percent rage or do you kind of like pull back to see who they are first before you allow them to see who you are?
1: Okay. So there's what I think. And then there's what I actually do. I'd like to think that (laughs) I'm the person that like makes other people feel comfortable and like allows them the opportunity to come out of their shell. I'd like to think that about myself. Yeah. The reality is that I took the filter out of my personality a very long time ago Mm -hmm. and it doesn't go back in. It's like taking an air mattress out of a box. (laughs) There
0: is never
1: a day where you will get that thing back in that box.
0: Agreed. Agreed. That is like the perfect analogy. Yes.
1: So they, they know right away what they're getting. And like, I've gotten a lot of, like, I started climbing the corporate ladder when I got out of college and the first piece of feedback that I ever got was you're too opinionated. You're too loud. You don't play nice with others. Like you can't just. Sit there and keep your mouth shut Mm. and agree with somebody that you don't agree with. And I'm like, that would be a correct assumption.
0: Mm -hmm." Mm -hmm. Yeah. But
1: the people that know me love me for that. And I'm like, do you like cats? Do you like bubble baths? Do you like (laughs) doors? Like, what was the last movie you watched? Like, do you want to go shopping? Like, let's go get sushi. Like, they're going to know who I am very, very quickly. But It's better that way. Cause if they don't like me, I know it's like speed dating.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: It's like, if you know that you don't like, we'll just move on. And that is okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that show up 110%. Like I'm myself plus a little extra, because if you can't handle that little extra of Christian, then you don't get me at my like regular, like no bra, no makeup. Like we're talking now. (laughs) You know, I'm, I need to show up and be loud and opinionated and I need to see how you're going to handle that. If you like, I love my introvert friends. I love my extrovert friends, but I, it's almost like I need to see how you can handle those parts of me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give it to you all at once. That's right. Overload the system. (laughs) see how you can handle it and then if you're like oh no and it's almost like I would rather them dismiss me than have me dismiss them which I'm working on through therapy <laughs> I'm okay with rejection like right? I like I almost welcome it I would rather people just tell me no and instead of say yes and not want to do it Yep. right like I'm, I'm I'm okay with that like what are they gonna say no okay, cool. They said, no, well, that's good. Instead of me trying to sit here. Cause it's really hard for me to say no. I'm also a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants something, I will work so hard to make sure it happens. And it, it does hurt me and my friendships. I will ask what kind of friend are you and how do you show up in friendships? So
1: I think what people will come to know about me as a friend is that I'm fiercely real. fiercely. My friend wants to go get in a street fight. Just tell me when <laughs> and where.
0: Like, I already got a shovel. Like, what are you talking about?
1: I'm ready. Like I, my earrings aren't even in. Like I'm. <laughs> God, I love you so much. I, because that's the kind of friend that I need mm-hmm. is my friends know that I, I will pick up the phone if they need me. I will text them at two o'clock in the morning if they need me. If I make plans, unless there is like, unless I am sick or I'm having a mental breakdown day, mm-hmm. they know that Rachel's not a flake. Yeah. I'm not going to cancel last minute. I'm not going to say, yeah, like, let's go to dinner and then you never hear from me again. Yeah. And I'm very trustworthy because you know, I've shared things with people in my life that I wouldn't want broadcasted
0: Mm
1: -hmm. on the internet. And that's what I do for other people. Like the perfect example is I have a a girlfriend of mine that called me yesterday to tell me that she had just taken a positive pregnancy test. And the only other people she had told was her parents and her husband. Like I was the first person outside of her family that she called and told because she's like, I need to talk to somebody about it. Like, I just want to like, that's the kind of friend that I want to be is the person that you could call and tell the worst thing, the best thing, anything to with no judgment Yeah, and know that your secret is safe. And you've got somebody that will be your eternal cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of fun. Like I'm down for anything for my okay. friends.
0: Okay, um, I have a question for you. You use the word faithful. What is the difference for you between faithful and loyal?
1: So here's the caveat with loyalty. And I actually heard this in a podcast and I was like, oof, somebody's reading my diary. Yeah. Loyalty stops serving a purpose at a specific point. Mm-hmm. So A good example of this is like being loyal to a job. Yeah. for some degree, it serves you to be loyal to that job. Maybe they reward you. They give you a promotion, whatever it might be. But then the script flips. And then at some point being loyal is prioritizing somebody else over yourself. Mm-hmm. if that job started to become toxic if you had a terrible boss if somebody was harassing you if you asked for a promotion or a raise and you didn't get it over and over and over again now you are choosing to hurt yourself instead of hurting somebody else
0: damn girl I'm so glad I asked this question yeah. like I literally got chills <gasps> oh my goodness like that really and that's crazy. something
1: I've had to work on that yeah because for me like I am a loyal person until the end of the world, Yeah, but that's not quite what I want to be is. I want to be a trustworthy, faithful friend, which means, Hey, I've always got your back. I'm always going to be here, but it also means I need to set boundaries, take care of me. And I probably, I might not go to jail for you. Yeah. Like If loyalty is going to jail for somebody else, being faithful to them means, hey, I'm going to love you. I'm going to support you when you go to jail.
0: (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Oh my God, I'm so glad you came on today. (laughs) That is awesome. Okay, let me like process that for a second okay so yes i'm a faithful friend not a loyal friend because i will not go to jail for any of my friends i'll help them go to jail though like you know what i mean yes
1: <laughs> like and i i would testify to help get them out of yes, jail,
0: yes you know <laughs> but would i go to jail no i i i mean no no you're right oh my goodness Who? i'm gonna sit in that for a while okay are you ready for your spitfire questions
1: let's do it
0: okay favorite color
1: Turquoise. Favorite book? Genius Foods by Max Lugavere. It's a health book if you're not surprised
0: by that answer. (laughs) Are you a spender or a saver? Both. Are you a good girl or a bad girl? Definitely a
1: good girl rule follower. Give me a, give me a gold star for following (laughs) all the rules.
0: (laughs) What is your natural hair color? As
1: you can see, very, very dark brown with now some gray hair.
0: Ooh, that's sexy though. Gray hair is sexy. Okay, let me stop. Yeah, I'd like
1: to get like a rogue strip of gray hair going. I don't know if I can like will that to happen, but I feel like, I mean, I color it right now, like no shame, but maybe if I got like a cool like streak of gray going, then I might like Stacey
0: London. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yo. Okay. Okay. Um, Who's your role model? Kelly Levesque. Texas question. You already get chips and salsa. Are you going to order guac or queso?
1: Uh, well I'm dairy free <laughs> and I follow a paleo lifestyle. So hundred percent guacamole and I would literally just eat it with my hand. Like I don't
0: even bring the chips. <laughs> I've not gotten that answer yet. I'm more of the queso girl and I want it ladled in my mouth, mm, okay. <laughs> but I only eat white queso. I do not eat yellow queso. It's, oh, okay. It's a thing. Yeah.
1: You've got, you've got queso standards. Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm putting that on a t-shirt. I got queso standards. You got queso standards. <laughs> if you had a million dollars, what would be the top three things you would do? Oh,
1: travel, travel. I'd, I'd spend I'd spend all the money on travel.
0: Ooh, I, like
1: I love my husband. And I love to travel. I feel like that's probably been like the the hardest thing about the pandemic is being at home with nowhere to go, and feel like all those adventures are out there waiting, and I can't go and have them. So I, I'd spend all the money on travel. There's like I've got a list of a hundred places I want to visit.
0: What are your top three places you want to go? Uh, I've never been to Japan. Uh, that was, I was going to say Tokyo, you're anime. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Keep, keep going. So yeah, my
1: husband actually want to spend a couple of weeks there and do Tokyo Kyoto no Saka.
0: Yeah. And
1: we were hoping it was going to happen this year. Now, maybe next year. I don't know. I'm not even holding my breath for next year, depending on how things go, but that's at the top of my list. Um, my mom and dad, we're thinking about doing a trip next year to the Galapagos. I don't know if it's going to happen. If they push it back a year, then my husband and I might go with them. I'd love to see yeah. the Galapagos. That'd and sure. I went to Europe in 2019 before the pandemic. I did the Baltic. So I did Russia, Finland, yeah. Sweden, Estonia, and Copenhagen. But there's so many other places in Europe I want to go. So Italy, Greece, Switzerland, Croatia, Spain. I mean, London, Paris. You want to go everywhere. I want to go everywhere. (laughs) So like, yeah, I would just, I just love to spend all the money on travel. That's the dream. Yeah. What is your love language? I have two love languages. The first is quality time. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: the second is acts of service. So if you want to show me that you love me, empty the dishwasher, show up with Starbucks, put gas in my car. say like let's and food is the love food is my actual number one love language, not of the five from, from the book, but like take me to go get food, bring me food, like make me food. Like all I
0: want is food. All I want. (laughs) Same girl. Plastic surgery. Do you have any, do you think about getting any, are you about to get some injectables count? So anything.
1: Um, I've done Botox for TMJ and for migraines. Yeah. Um, So I think that that counts. I don't want to end up with a, a crazy wrinkly face. So I would say, <laughs> you know, like do what makes you feel best. Like I've gotten my, my eyebrows are microbladed. I've gotten lip blush on my lips. Cause I have super, super like pale, like translucent lip color. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, do what makes you feel best. I haven't had any surgery unless like getting my wisdom teeth out counts.
0: Like, Hey, <laughs> we'll count it. We'll count it. We'll count it.
1: We'll count it. We'll count it. But I, I've never had any plastic surgery. I personally, I, I'm not super supportive of breast implants because I've seen women that have gotten very sick from them afterwards, yeah. um, getting, um, either excessive scar tissue or just poisoning from the chemicals that are in the, the breast implants. So I've seen some breast implant illness, Yeah. um, that makes me hesitant to you know ever do something like that for my own body. But um, I'm all about keeping my skin in tip-top shape. So I wear SPF 50 every day. Yes, you do. I avoid the sun like it is the plague.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I, I want to keep my face looking young and healthy for as long as possible. So taking really good care of it, but, you know, just do what makes you feel best in your body. But here's what I would tell people. Cause people ask me when I got my, my lip blush done, they said like, oh, well, like you promote holistic health and here you are you know, getting a semi-permanent tattoo on your lips and your eyebrows. And I said, if you think that getting that done is going to make you love yourself, do not do it. Mm. But if you already love yourself and you want to do it for you to make you feel sexier, more confident, better in your own skin, like I will go with you like yeah. to get it done. So like, I think that's, again, like that's the question I want people to ask themselves. That is, boundary. Like, hey, Yeah. Do you, are you getting Botox filler, a nose job, a boob job, liposuction? Are you getting that? Because you think if you do it, you'll be worthy of love. You'll be beautiful. You'll love yourself. Cause if that's how you feel, I would say like, let's pump the brakes. Mm. But if you're like, Hey, I love my body, but I've always been self-conscious that I don't have any boobs. And I want to do this for me because I love myself. and I want to feel even sexier. Like, let's go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love I that. I just, I
1: think that's the question that, that women should always ask themselves, but you know, like who knows what the future holds for my body and what I would do. Like maybe if I, I don't want any kids, but let's say in an alternate universe, I popped out a hundred kids <laughs> and like my, my boobs were like down to my knees. I would probably <laughs> get a boob job. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: I love how you put popped out a hundred kids, like not struggled, but just, they just popped on out. They just walked
1: out <laughs> on their own. Yeah. What I is mean, your
0: biggest pet peeve?
1: Oh God, where do I start? This is the problem with being opinionated is like, I got a long list of things that I hate. Um, I actually talked about this with somebody yesterday <laughs> of like things you can't stand. And I, I haven't been to the movies in a long time
0: Yeah. because of the pandemic,
1: but my husband and I used to go to the movies all the time. That was like a, a weekly date night for us, but I cannot, for the love of God, deal with other human beings in the movie theater.
0: Oh, oh! like
1: you buy a bag of popcorn and you stick your whole hand into it. And you're like, a- <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you're like messing with your straw on your lid. Oh your yeah. It's like a little like <laughs> creaky violin. <laughs> Or you're talking to someone or you're looking at your phone. And I'm like, if it, if I could, in my, let's say the million dollars, yeah, (laughs) I open a movie theater where there are no snacks allowed. (laughs) You get a single cup of water with no lid (laughs) and no straw. And you sit in your seat and you don't talk and you don't make noise while the movie is happening. And if you do, you are Uh. banned forever.
0: So, (laughs) it's funny because I feel the exact same way, but um, (laughs) I am, yes, so yes to all of that. Maybe, like, make soundproof, like, little cubbies for you and your, like, other, you know, whoever you're going with, so, like, you're still in the same movie theater, but you can't hear or see other people, would that work for you?
1: Right, it's like a drive in movie. Can we just go yeah. back to those where I don't need to be
0: like the movie theaters that started
1: serving like real dinner, like food? Yeah, I don't. I'm like, that. this is going in the wrong direction. <laughs> like, uh, let's go back to the drive in movie where you are yeah. in a confined space with only your loved ones
0: <laughs> and you don't have to deal with other people. I love it. Is there anything that you want to say to the listener that we have not covered yet about friendships?
1: I think I mean, man, we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah. In this in this last hour. I think that the main thing is always be you because you're not going to be for everybody. That's the reality of life, is not everybody is going to like you, but make sure that people like you for who you actually are because I think that's one of the greatest lessons I've learned in my life cuz now if somebody doesn't like me, at least I know that they don't like me for me. And it's not me trying to be somebody else and them not liking whoever that fake person is. Be you and you will find your people. You will find your people and they will be the right people for you. And yeah, I think that's that's the main thing cuz that's probably one of the greatest lessons I've learned and it's like if you're like be nice to women, like ladies, Be friends with each other. Be nice to each other. Like help lift each other up. Like, like I said, we are already getting crapped on from way too many other sources. Let's not add to it by attacking each other.
0: All right, and that is Miss Rachel. What did you think? I love her and her ability to be herself and be okay with it. And there's some points that I wanted to bring out. She made the comment, the people that know me love me. Oh, yes. And then right after that, she says, if they don't like me, we can move on. And then the way she says, it is okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yes. I love that. And the reason why I say that is because we always feel like, and I mentioned, you know, I'm a people pleaser. Like I used to be that person that was like, why don't you like me? What did I do to you? And why can't, why can't I make you happy? And what do I need to do to make you happy? And how like I would go down that line and put what they were going through on me. And if you heard my story of how me and my husband went through a really intense time in our life, I carried that on my shoulders as myself for so long. And to get that release from that and getting that aha moment that I am not responsible for your happiness. Ooh, ow, 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 I know. That hurts sometimes. It hurts sometimes to hear that someone were to say that or have to say that to someone. And we don't necessarily always get the answers that we want. We don't always get the people that we want to come into our life. But then it's like, are you responsible for that? And if you're listening, and you came to the Align Her Balance class that we did back in January, you will remember that there was a part called you know, is this my responsibility? The difference between responsibility and it being your fault. And where does balance come into that? And when she said like, hey, the people that know me love me. That means the people that I'm accepting into my life, the people that are getting the raw me, who's getting raw Rachel, and they actually know who I am, that's okay. She's like, do you like cats? What was the last movie you saw? You know, let's talk about some anime. And for me, I am not a cat lover, right? But I am totally okay with her doing that. I'm totally okay with talking about anime. My son watches anime. I have some relations to it. And that's what I love about this season in talking about, you know, relationships with friends and family and how we're growing in that is that no matter who is on the other side, it is okay To let them go on. Um, She used the reference of, it's like speed dating, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it is kind of like speed dating. Like, I can tell you if I like you within, like, the first five to ten minutes. Um, Some people can tell you if they like you in the first look, right? Like, "Mm, nope, not for me. And I feel like my time limit on how long it takes for me to realize if I like someone or not is gone a lot shorter because it used to be like a year. (laughs) Then it was like six months and then it was like three months. And now it's like within the first five to 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, you're not for me. And it's not necessarily giving them a chance or not giving them a chance. It's more of knowing who you are right? Do you know what you're looking for in a relationship that goes farther than a phone call or a text or your mom group or PTA or the people from college? Do you know what you're looking for? How do you look for yourself in that person? And it's a two-way street. Are they even willing to be open to who you are? And if they're not, are you comfortable enough to say, oh, that's okay, they're not ready? totally fine. We can circle back around and we can talk about this later. And those are the things that separate healthy relationships and friendships and everything like that um, and marriages and work relationships and relationships with our kids in order for us to take it to the next level. If you want to see a Rachel, um, she will be on our Facebook group. She is also on Instagram. She hands you her um, her handle in the beginning. Um, it's Help with Rage um, on Instagram. She gives you great things and um, great information. I already told you at the beginning that I also am already a client. After this episode, I was like, I need to work with her because I need this help. Um, but please go check her out, send her you know, a DM, a PM, a, whatever you want to, to reach out um, to her and let her know how this touched you. And if you're looking into getting into some coaching with her, I will 110% back up that decision because I have seen growth in myself. I will say that I have cried almost every time her and I have gotten together because I have some things that I need to work out, you know? And, um, and you know that I like the scientific, the why, what, when, who, where, um, on everything. And so the fact that she's able to give that to me as well, I love it. Well... That is it for this episode. If you would like to go to our Facebook group and get some connection, you can go to You Gotta Meet Her on Facebook. And we have conversations there, things there. It's been kind of slow lately. That is totally on me. I will take all the responsibility for that because guess what? Life has been crazy. I'll tell you about it at the end of the season. But I just want you to really know that I am here for you. And thank you for continuing to listen and bring in the healthy relationship energy into your life. All right. My name is Christine Barr, and I will check you out on the next one. Bye.